the definition is super important. People will argue with the definition that I just gave because they're like, oh, well, that would blow everything up. But I think it is like, if you're just generally asking what a definition of privacy is, I think it's a really good one. Even the folks that would label themselves as like the privacy, like the biggest pro-privacy voices in the room will acknowledge that like advertisers should be able to measure their spend. Getting a layer deeper, like knowing what role each of those organizations is playing is as simple as thinking about what do their constituencies have power over. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of The AdPod. Today we're going to be talking about privacy and data protection with Alex Cohn. Alex is a privacy and data protection advisor who has worked with companies like the IAB Tech Lab. If there's one topic which has generated the most trade press or the most interest in the past two years, it's definitely about privacy. It is directly impacting everything that we can do in advertising. So today's discussion, we really get into lots of the details, lots of the working groups and some expected outcomes. I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you did too. So all that leads me to say is, I hope you enjoy season two, episode seven of The AdPod. Hey Alex, welcome to The AdPod. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No, great. Thank you for coming on. Obviously, this topic is of very high priority for a lot of people listening. So looking forward to digging into it. Um, Before we do, um, for those who don't know you, would you mind kind of giving a bit of a backstory to your career and also what you do now? Sure. So I can start maybe with a backstory. Yeah. So I have been in, I guess, the ad tech ecosystem since early 2013, uh, kind of fell into it. Like I think a lot of people did, um, started working for AppNexus then, and really quickly got into a product management role and did that for about seven years. Um, during that time working for AppNexus, right? Like Part of AppNexus's sort of weakness, I guess, was it was trying to do too many things, but that was positive for someone in terms of learning the full ecosystem. Because we had a public ad server, we had a um, you know SSP, we had a DSP, even though no one recognized that. You know, uh, we started building out viewability tech. Anyway, so like kind of touching you know agency clients or some advertiser direct clients or media companies and all of the ad text mortgage board in between. So I got a very good view for, a, and I was working on the platform product team. So I was building across all those product lines. I got a pretty good view of like all the various incentives and in, in, in ad tech and pain points and intrigue and all that. Um, and uh, in, in 2018, uh, a mentor of mine who was leading our sort of get ready for GDPR efforts, uh, tapped me to stand up a privacy product and engineering org. So that was like 2018. I did that. AppNexus got acquired pretty soon thereafter. Um, so I, I stuck around for another two years as, as Xander. And then the last two years I've spent at uh, IEB Tech Lab focused on uh, standards related to privacy, data protection, and addressability. Uh, 
like working across leading those efforts after Jordan Mitchell, um, rest in peace, Jordan Mitchell, he's still alive, but he's off the grid somewhere fishing. I think, <laughs> uh, after Jordan Mitchell went off to fish, I, I took over and, and started running that part of the part of tech labs remit. And most recently I've, I've been, uh, moving off into starting my own thing which i'm not going to get into deeply here but it's definitely in the intersection of of privacy and sort of commercial incentives and, and digital infrastructure around all of that so yeah super happy to be uh chatting with you on this what i think is the most fun topic in digital advertising right now i agree i'm with you and I'm going to say privacy, even though I know the American way is privacy. If I can't help that in the UK, it's different. What can I do? I should start uh, saying privacy. <laughs> I like it. Um, that's great. Thanks for the context. And I think, I, like, I was thinking, where do you start on a topic which is so big and broad? And I thought, let's go with the chunkier question first. What What is privacy? Yeah. Um, so... I think the the best definition out there right now comes from a woman who wrote a book uh, on a concept called contextual integrity. But like basically, it their the pithy definition from her is there a right to appropriate uh, informational flows, like a human right to like appropriate data processing or informational flows. You, you would then ask, well, like, what, what is appropriate, right? Like, well, you know data flows, like, you know informational flows. I don't need to explain those to you, but, like, what is appropriate? So her big thing is, like, and that a lot of people have latched on to is this concept, like, people's expectations in given contexts for norms around how data would flow. So what do I mean by that? So, like, if I have a, if I go to your home, and have a conversation with you over a beer, right? Like I have, like I I know that whatever I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing with you, right? Like I'm there. I have no expectation that you won't know what I've just said to you, but I do have an expectation that what I've just said to you is not like that. I get I, I get you get up on the stage, right? Or jump on the stool in the middle of the floor and get beers. Um, so like that that's the general idea of like in a given context. this is like contested is the natural state of the internet has been like a record button on 
right? Like with with pixels and like the just the way that like data collection works on the internet, right? Like our our baseline expectation is that at least in abstract, like we all know, like it, we, it's no secret among us, right? Like it's it's all like it's always on. So it's actually now that there is sort of this move and some of it is definitely commercially driven by the big gatekeepers but like there's also this general sort of you know sense of oh god i don't want the government to know that i went to an abortion clinic right like i it's like that's real like we can't explain that away as like oh people don't actually care about that i think people do i think the reason that the definition has become like that sort of definition of contextual integrity has become more debatable in digital advertising is because the status quo was that like everyone knew everything um and and walking back from that seems very like scary and daunting and honestly like could have major impact so like the definition is super important people will argue with the definition that i just gave because they're like oh well that would blow everything up but i think it is like if you're just generally asking what a definition of privacy is i think it's a really good one like yeah my expectation of appropriate data flows and my right to that to some degree yeah i agree i think that makes sense to um not just industry and you know privacy lawyers and people who are in it day to day but also i think you say that to a regular person inverted commas that makes sense to them as well i guess the the challenge is which i think is where law comes in is when expectations are different when one side expects something different from the other and I, I guess that's where policy and uh, particularly related to digital ads starts to come in yeah i mean like what we also know like the pragmatic ones of us right know that because the record button has always been on on the internet meaning like we've had device ids we've had the ability to do syncing among third-party cookies like we've had something we've built a lot of value as the ecosystem for advertisers around what they've been asking for, right? Like I want efficient media spend. I want it to be effective, meaning, so I want to measure it. Right. Like, and like, I think that is a reasonable ask from advertisers, right? That their spend is efficient and effective and it, and it has reach, right? Like they want reach efficiency effectiveness. Like that's probably being oversimplistic, but like, and we've delivered that as an industry, not nefarious, like, like the whole, I think this is where people start talking past one another, because there's a lot of people that just expect like the ad tech industry always like, it did this out of nefarious motives, like, no, it actually did it out of like, advertisers want to reach effectiveness and efficiency. And like publishers, like the internet is naturally kind of free. So like, publishers needed to make money somehow. And like, here we go. Um, and I think people can't see a world where, or I think it's very hard for people to conceptualize a world where you could deliver to advertisers, reach effectiveness and efficiency, particularly as an independent, if you don't have a reach yourself and an ad tech, you know, stack yourself, um, how, how could you deliver that? And I think that's where this whole topic gets so divisive is like, people can't visualize what that world might look like. Um, and I, I'm not saying it; they should be able to. It's just like, I think that that's like at the heart of like why the definition matters so much, why it's debated so much, because 
whatever your definition is has implications right <laughs> on like either consumer privacy or on commercial like economics and competition yeah also ladders from that definition and actually yeah, one of my biggest points of contention with people who are anti-ad tech is i just find it quite offensive like you know people you have nexus in like you know the sort of earlier days i've been ad tech a while people you deal with every day they're not bad these are not bad people no. going back their people. day trying to yeah and the, the way sometimes ad tech gets painted i find very strange um yeah but but it was, it was very interesting because you you know talking about like what advertisers trying to achieve what sort of the companies in between and then what consumers expect and we obviously have you know the industry bodies there are you, know, you obviously been working with the tech lab a part of the iab you have you know, the ana wfa the um ipa um you have you know, in every market there's four there's, a's four a's there's loads and they they have to represent their members yeah. in different ways uh, and they have to provide different solutions so kind of interested to think like what's your perspective on the role an industry body sort of plays in sort of mediating all of this i guess well first of all i i will acknowledge like having worked for one of these bodies and within sort of the, the ecosystem because all of them kind of talk um it's funny because how you know you know this well like there's sort of frenemy relationships sort of there are frenemy relationships in ad tech commercially but th that also exists within the trade sort of realm. You've probably seen it because you've been around a bit, but like, it's funny. But I, but all that to say, like, disclaimer is like, hey, look, I, I realize I've been part of this sort of problem because a lot of people see these organizations as sort of like going off on their own or not necessarily actually understanding the problems or whatever. So I don't want to speak too much about or with an overinflated view of like what all those industry orgs are capable of. But like, if you think about the various approaches that they're taking to this discussion of privacy and addressability, you can kind of like, so you, the first question you kind of asked was like, what, what role do they sort of play? Um, I think generally they play a role that is the nature of this issue is, is one that like hopefully not one company can solve, right? Because we definitely don't want Google just to solve it all, right? Because that will not be great. Like we want, we want there to be <laughs> some democracy in, in or democratic kind of like, let's do this together. And it's just outside of that, like that sort of thing. It also is just a bigger issue than any one company. So I think the trades in general are, I always tell like Tony Katzer, this new CEO of, and I said this to Dennis too, like, and Dennis already, like he had been there longer than me. So I probably didn't tell him anything he didn't know. And maybe Tony knew this too, but like one of tech labs products is not the specs. It's not the open source stuff. It's the table, right? It's the table that folks get around and discuss issues. Same is true at ANA and 4As and WFA and the national IEDs and all of that, like, right? Like that is a huge piece of the puzzle on privacy and addressability because it's bigger than any one company. Getting a layer deeper, like knowing what role each of those organizations is playing is as 
simple as thinking about what do their constituencies have power over. So like if you take W3C, for example, their constituency is browser makers. So they have power over what I call like the cross-site data collection and use layer of the internet because that's what browsers effectively are. They're ways that you navigate across sites and like, <laughs> um, so like you can kind of like the role that they play is pretty damn central because if you, if that gets wiped out, right. Or if they replace that with APIs that are, you know, like that's super important. If your constituency is like more policy and commercial people. So like, the the national IEDs like WFA, um, ANA, 4A is like you're going to be focused more on like you have more power over with the commercial people like the purse. So like you know the famously what was it Mark Pritchard who like got on stage and said I'm only we're only buying viewable inventory right like so like they have a role there right like they can they can say hey, we're only going to spend money where you know, there's a privacy signal. I don't know, right? Like, so those groups that have, that convene more like policy commercial people, they have that power. They also have sort of like legal policy regulatory influence. And then there's like what I would call like non-browser OS product and engineering people. So like, that's like the tech labs constituency, right? Where it's like, those people have power over their product roadmaps. Um, now they're downstream, right, of the browser changes. They're downstream of where advertisers decide to spend their money and and anything that they decide on sort of collectively. But like, there is some power in having control over roadmaps, like product and engineering roadmaps. So like, for anyone listening to this, who's like, well, what did he just say? It's like, if you want to know where to engage for different outcomes, like look at like the makeup of the group that's at that table. So if you're wanting to engage on like policy influence, like one of the national IEDs or WFA or ANA, like that's where to go. <laughs> if you're wanting to influence what happens in the browser, W3C is the place to go. If you're wanting to influence like what's happening from a tech standards perspective, just in like roadmaps and ad tech, tech lab is a pretty good place to go. It was a long answer to your question, but like, no, I think it, it, I think a lot of people actually like look at this landscape of trade organizations. They're like, the hell are all those groups? Doing? <laughs> they're yeah, all saying privacy, but like, I don't know what part of it they're touching. Right. Like, yeah. And it feels, it feels like if you're, you know, everyone is relatively time poor, you've got to pick one or two of those to engage with. Like, okay, which ones do I go with? And I think, your answer to that is which ones you think have the most priority related to the outcome you're trying to achieve. I mm -hmm. think it's a really, really good way of thinking about it. Like, for example, um, if you're, you know, a, a CMO, you probably don't need to be dialing into the W3C calls. Like in reality, maybe if you're interested, maybe if you're interested, great, do. But reality is maybe you should be working with, you know, the four A's or ANA or someone who might be, who yep. might have someone who's involved who can relay it back to you. Yep. Um, so I think that's a really good way of thinking about it because everyone's coming out with different thought pieces and white papers and podcasts. And I think sometimes if you're a decision maker, it's very hard to isolate to which of these is important for me to know. 
for sure. Um, oh yeah, which is I know, just a uh, just a general observation, I guess. And I mean, one of the initiatives which I have found the most interesting has been the PATCG at the W3C. Like, if you're part of the group and the GitHub conversation gets going, it's good fun. And the calls are really like interesting to your different perspectives. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of really important people are really sort of like dialing in and sharing their, it's fascinating. Sharing their opinions far more openly than I would have expected, which is amazing. It's like, it's collaborative and, and common goals. How do you think that, you know, that initiative in particular is going? <laughs> I agree with everything that you just said, by the way, it is, it is, Honestly, this stuff is so much fun. I know it's it's bothering the hell out of people who are just like, this is too dynamic right now. I want it to land. Like, what are they going to do? Like, what's going to come out of the browser standards process? But it's actually like, being on the ground can be very frustrating, but it can be very fun because it's like these people with a lot of power that you don't expect to speak up and then they do. And you're like, whoa, you're saying that? Like, and letting people yeah. write that down and yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, I think... The PATCG or PATC, uh, Private uh, Advertising Technology Community Group, was born out of the circus, like a reaction, a negative reaction to the circus that was the, or is, it's become less so now because the conversations moved out, the uh, Improving Web Advertising Business Group that was paid group. Um, like that had turned into, like if you, even if you just think about the, the name of that group, the broadness of that remit of improving web advertising means anyone could bring anything to the table anytime, any proposal. So every meeting was just like veer off in a different direction. I think a lot of people got really burned on like, why am I wasting my time on something that clearly isn't moving forward? Pat CG was born out of Microsoft, Mozilla, and Google deciding that they like really needed to focus if they were going to get anything done. So they needed something with a more focused remit. So they put forward a proposal to create this community group. It's good to know that context because like the thrust of it was let's get focused and actually start shipping things that we can at least test. Now the CMA stepping in is kind of like made that more complex. We could talk about that if you want to, but like the goal was to speed things up and get focused. However, if you're just tuning in and you, you missed the circus of the previous thing where we talked about all this stuff, you would still look at Pat CG as like that thing's moving way too slow. So like, I think it kind of depends on your relative perspective. Like how is it going? I think a lot of people feel like it's going too slow. It's faster. It's focused now mostly on measurement, which I think is pretty brilliant. Like even the folks that would label themselves as like the privacy, like the biggest pro privacy voices in the room will acknowledge that like advertisers should be able to measure their spend. Um, and that's going to happen across sites because I'm advertiser A and I'm serving ads on sites B, C, and D. Like, and I want, you know, not all things are performance, but like I want, I want to know, right? Like, did somebody click and come back to my site? And like, can I measure that? So like there is pretty good consensus on 
we should try to standardize something in the browser around measurement if we standardize anything at all. I think the really confusing part to a lot of people is Google continues moving forward with the other components of Privacy Sandbox, like Fledge and Topics. One quick word that I know, like we, we, I could talk forever on all this stuff, as you can clearly see, but like, I think one thing people don't understand about what's going on with the initiatives at W3C is W3C is a standards org. It standardizes things. Companies build product and ship features all the time, right? Like browsers are no different, right? Like the concept of thinking that you would have to wait on a standards org to bless something before you ship it is insane. But I think a lot of people were looking at Privacy Sandbox that way. It's like, oh, well, none of this stuff will get released until it's been like blessed. I mean, they've shown that that's not the case, right? They're already shipping stuff obviously an origin trial. And then there's the CMA looming thing. But like the idea is that browsers, just like any other product, they ship features. The reason they go to W3C early is like, in this case, there was competition reasons, but like let people know, hey, we're working on this feature. We think it might be something that should be standardized. We want to get some early feedback. We're also just letting you know, but we're going to go ahead and ship it and see how it works. And then maybe we standardize it later on. I think a lot of people saw it as like a waterfall of like, you don't, nothing gets shipped until it gets through this gauntlet. And with the CMA thing being a big asterisk on that, like that's actually not how standards work at W3C. It's like browser ship stuff. And then they talk about like a great example of this actually is Apple's private click measurement. Um, Safari shipped it right? Like, and it's out there, it's general availability and there's, but they're talking about it still at, uh, not in Pat CG right now, but in, in another, uh, W3C group. So like, I think people, a takeaway here is like, it's moving slow, but it is more focused than before. It's focused on measurement in Pat CG. If you're wondering like, well, Alex, it seems like they're releasing targeting stuff. It's like, yes, Google is, <laughs> um, I don't know if they think that that's going to get standardized, to be honest. Like, I don't, no other browser besides Edge actually has said that they're interested in topics or Fledge, but I think they want to move forward anyway. So like the CMA asterisks on being able to move forward uh, noted, I think they're going to move forward uh, regardless of what happens in PatCG. The only thing that may change it from PatCG is how does Google do measurement right now they have this thing called the attribution reporting like api or whatever aggregate whatever it's called ara um that's how i do ara ara has a different approach and different utility than this proposal that that i think is fascinating that that meta and mozilla put together and that's actually the big debate right now it's like should like you can see Google like in public, right? Like kind of debating with itself of like, well, should we do this thing that Facebook and Mozilla came up with because it has a better chance of being standardized? And a lot of people are arguing has better utility and privacy, like, because it actually, if it got deployed across browsers and operating systems, it would be a cross device attribution system. It was free for free 
there's going to be infrastructure, but like a utility of the internet as opposed to like, which is fascinating. I think it's the biggest story that no one's writing about, but uh, it's literally like meta is saying that it would be willing to underwrite attribution on the internet. And uh, Mozilla is like working with meta who they most people would assume that they would hate. And like, no one's talking about it. It's like, yeah, this is a huge deal. Uh, Maybe just for those of us who are like nerding out over it, but like, I like commercially, it's a massive deal competitively it's a massive deal um, yeah you you would think those two orgs are so uh, have a very different perspective on what they would and different incentives entirely with metas all about hyper-targeted ads and mozilla is like you don't even want to put tracking urls at the end of domain so that's like yeah. different very different perspectives but working together for working together to on something that is very elegant like mm. Co- not just technically like commercially too mm. um anyway i i i that's a talk about that. me, but like <laughs> yeah. it, it's if i told anyone that it's going fast and going well and pat cg like your audience would be like this guy's full of shit um so, <laughs> <laughs> it's better than it was uh it's going, we it's going. Like, talking about any old proposal under the sun <laughs> yeah i think what it stands for is it's so critical. And I didn't want to quickly touch on the CMA point because it sure. was a little bit of a curveball, I think, when they became, they started, I mean, they've been investigating Google over a variety of things, but then specifically the privacy sandbox and how yeah. Google now has to report their developments and what that means, what could mean for the industry. I mean, I mean, where does it, where does it end? <laughs> how does that, does that ever reach a compromise? was talking about this with multiple people yesterday and i feel like i talk about it a lot it is such a chicken and egg problem at the moment anyone who's worked in digital advertising building product especially in programmatic digital advertising building product knows that to ship a new feature coordinating spend through that, like in an early stage through a feature, like coordinating all the players from advertiser to agency, to DSP, to SSP, like to pub ad server and the media company to get all of those people set up, integrated with the tech, spinning a budget uh, is hard. Like it actually always, like for me, when I was building product at AppNexus, like I faced that, like every time we released anything, it was like, to prove out, like to get feedback on this, to prove out that it works, like you got to really coordinate a bunch of stuff. Reason I'm saying this is a huge piece of what the commitments are with the CMA are like, we will not as Google remove third-party cookies and other sort of web-based cross-site IDs until uh, we have these new things in place and they're getting good results. So that means you need to coordinate integration. Like a DSP needs to integrate with Fledge. An SSP needs to integrate with Fledge, which is like, it is a hugely intricate API. Topic's a whole different story. Like it's fairly straightforward, but it also doesn't have as much utility. Um, 
So you need to coordinate product and engineering roadmaps and like convince CTOs that like we should take engineering time to build this thing. And you need to do it across a DSP and SSP that are connected and are already willing to test on it. And then you need to get a publisher and an advertiser and agency to be willing to spend money through it. And then when all that's said and done and programmatic, Criti has actually raised this contention, which is valid. Since programmatic is bidded, right? And you haven't coordinated with every DSP that they're they're going to ignore cookies when they're testing Fledge. You may lose bids. So like Critia said, if we try this, we may lose out on bids to the trade desk because trade desk is bidding on a cookie right now. And we're bidding on an interest group in Fledge. I'm, I'm using Fledge because it is like the hardest one to coordinate. Attribution reporting API is not easy either, but like, all right, so now Google needs to make all of those things happen for the CMA to say like, yeah, we this has been tested and then it like needs to like show something. So you've got that problem. And then the CMA, like, by the way, if anyone from the CMA is listening, hat tip to all of you for like actually like jumping into this stuff. <laughs> Uh, so what I'm about to say, like prefaced by like, you're doing the right thing, but I recognize that it's really hard. Like the, uh, and I'm, I'm saying the CMA listens to this because I actually, they're pretty like savvy. Maybe they do. Um, right, let's, let's just assume they do. They're pretty savvy. <laughs> they're, they're educating themselves or they wouldn't have even known to like jump into this stuff. So like that said, I think they're at a loss for how the hell are we going to deliver on our side of this which is like we're going to provide oversight and and uh we're going to evaluate like we're we're going to be part of the evaluation of is this stuff working so like i think they are also in this position of like what did we sign ourselves up for <laughs> like it was the right thing to do like i actually think google's probably on the whole glad that the CMA stepped in here because like it sort of legitimizes ultimately what's going to happen massively now yeah. they've had an oversight yeah massively but in the short term if i were a product person with uh okrs at google saying i need to ship a feature by x time there's no way i meet my okay right like and i think we'll probably see is is everyone speculating that they'll push the deadline out again because how are they going to get results that say this stuff is either better or worse or the same as what we've got now to some degree right like fuzzy yeah if if you've got this hurdle of like coordinate coordination among those who integrate and like are willing to spend money and test and then like controlling for the fact that not everyone will be testing at once and man what a mess like it's <laughs> no wonder that google is actually even in a hiring freeze still hiring like mm. privacy product and engineering people for chrome <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's just so critical to the future of their ads business which is obviously a massive portion of what alphabet makes and i mean it is when it's just in motion so it's like any big organization that gets something in motion 
it's like, okay, now we got to finish this. And like finishing it is really daunting. I mm. think if you're Google, like you've, it's all been on paper up until now. And now it's like, no, we're, we're going to need to ship this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just wanted a, a, a slight change of topic sure. and pace, but one of the things I find super interesting is the sort of privacy dynamics between, well, UK and US, because I'm from the UK, my whole culture, like the way I've been brought up, and then moving to the US. Um, if I look at my Twitter feed, it doesn't delineate between this is a UK or US tweet. It's just all about um, privacy in general. Mm-hmm. And, and I find like how different markets are approaching privacy just to be quite different, really. Um, and yep. then, and then, you know, you have global corporations who oper- operate across those markets having to consider the market needs. So we were just talking about the CMA, yeah. a UK, a UK based uh, authority mm-hmm. who are trying to put something onto Google globally i well, I assume i'm definitely uk but i assume google are thinking we'll have to think about this globally i think that is a major headache for global orgs is to like which which what do you listen to which yeah. market do you pay more attention to and like for example when ccpa came out people were like oh it's like gdpr but but then you almost don't want to compare the two they should be very independent of one another yeah so like, how do how, how do you think about that like how do you think about uh, these sort of local nuances to, to to this privacy challenge? It's a really good question. Um, and it's a very real thing. Like this is this is a huge piece of what I joined Tech Lab to work on. It's like, how do you help companies operate cross-jurisdictionally where the rules are different in different places? So I think I'll be a bit more succinct with this one or I'll at least try. Um, I think there's kind of like two buckets that I think about this in. There's like the laws, um, the the law side of your question. So like you mentioned CCPA and GDPR and like, so there are laws elsewhere. um, But like, there's that view. And then there's the like more general sensibilities and norms that aren't laws, right? Like that are just like culture, culture, more cultural, I guess I would say that is way vaguer. Like it's way, it's easier to look at a law and say, this is what the law says than like, this is what norms sort of cultural norms say. But like the reason I, I distinguish those two in my head is I think it's most companies have still, and this is changing a bit, have privacy initiatives driven still by the legal department. So there's like a chief privacy officer, there's a governance person who may not be in the legal department, but they're like in security and they're, they're coming at these things from a very compliance and risk mindset. Um, and they're tracing around the laws, right? So like, and, 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 uh, an outcome of that is you get something like what we d- have developed and released into public comment. At, it's been at Tech Lab, like this global privacy platform, which is just a framework for basically doing different 
you know, data use and control signaling through the supply chain based on the locality and, and, and allowing for the fact that like, it's going to be different everywhere. So there's a lot of companies that that really appeals to. And that's why we went that way. It's like, they're going to do some, they're going to do basically up to the law. Like they're going to, the best way to think, visualize it is they're going to trace around the edges of the law. The norms thing, yes, there's difference in culture between the UK and the US and the UK and France and France and the US and like, but, and I think this is how Google, like Google's playing in both arenas. They have to, like you, a lot of folks will actually like would say back to me, like you have to take the compliance mindset. I would say strategically, the smartest companies are looking at more of where the puck is going. And the puck is more likely to go where I started out with the definition on just like privacy of like, it's probable that we're going to get to this place where identity is locked down and scoped to a site or an app or a collection of sites and apps owned by a single entity. Um, because of this sort of theory of contextual integrity, but also because commercially that makes a lot of sense for big media companies. It makes sense for Google and it makes like, it actually makes sense for advertisers to some degree, put a suspend disbelief for a second on that. But like, uh, some company, like, I think you look at like a Google they're they're they have a team that's operating on the compliance sort of side and they're needing to trace around the laws and make sure they have an answer for every piece of the law. But like their strategy is like, we need to build product that works globally and we need to push public policy in a direction that like looks more uniform globally. And the best way to think about that is like what would make sense to a human. And I think this is why they've made their North, them and Apple have made their North star. Like we're going to stop cross site, cross app tracking. And a lot of people like old, old Mr. James Rosewell is like, well, that's going beyond the law. Like, Arguably, it's not actually because the if you read the new American Data Protection and Privacy Act, like it's very clear about that. Um, I'm sure Google has influenced it, uh, but so have media companies, right? Like so have like advertisers to some degree. Because part of what we're seeing play out here is people will acknowledge that like, oh, Google has commercial incentives behind privacy here, and Apple does too. Of course they do. But you know who else does? Everybody else. Some people just don't know it. Some people have, re- or some companies have realized it. Like I was I spent time with a, a major U.S. media company yesterday, and like they like the idea of taking back control of their audience, right? Um, they recognize that there's some benefits to programmatic and like making sure that cross-site measurement could work cross like. And I think this is why you're seeing people like lean into the concept of clean rooms is because. Publishers know that they still need to give advertisers analytics. Like they're not dumb, but they also realize there's an opportunity in this like wall going up on cross-site identifiers that like could be, could be beneficial to them. So like, I I was not succinct. Sorry. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. There's there's obviously like a a ton to consider. And like, I really like the, delineation between the law and then the culture and the, and how they're sort of parties sort of going in that way 
Um, well, then what are, what are companies' commercial incentives? Because that will define so much of how they act, mm. right? Like, Basically, and that shouldn't I, be surprising. Like, no one should be No, surprised. but I definitely think sometimes if those companies just might not have a choice but to change their incentives. So you might just have to, if you're meta, you know, you might just have to find a way to do what you do differently. And yes, it's making money through ads, but like how you do that, has to change you don't even have a choice that is uh it's fun it you mentioned that i actually had written up some notes before this and like i think they're an interesting one to watch because i think there's a large group of there's a cross-functional contingency inside of meta that actually has convinced a lot of senior stakeholders that look the status quo is changing and we can either fight for the status quo or we can lead on where mm. like is there a way to get the outcomes that we wanted with more private infrastructure right like so like if you're you're smart like if you're an ad tech company like that's listening to this like i you should watch what meta mm. is investing in yeah and they're definitely putting uh because their incentives are so I mean, given how big they are, they are putting a lot of time and resource behind this, probably outpowering most companies in the world on it. It's like, yeah, definitely one to follow. Um, yeah. Conscious of time, final question, I think the million dollar question, probably the trillion dollar question. Uh, what is the future of digital targeting and measurement? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the near future is not what you've asked, but I'm going to give you near and further. Go for it. Near is easier to predict. <laughs> I think we're going to get continued hand-waving by all sorts of parties until there really is some sort of seismic shift. So like I mentioned earlier, I do think Google's probably going to push out the cookie deadline again. A lot of people will note a lot of IDs have disappeared already. So why are we focusing on Chrome so much? It's, it's, still important to a lot of people's strategy and in terms of their timing, like when Google makes a move. So I think until, until they actually pull the plug on third-party cookies, not much is going to happen. Other than why I say hand-waving is there's a lot of companies that see opportunity, especially in the ad tech space on selling identity resolution, on selling the concept of clean room, which by the way, I think is, is, more so an answer to the incentives that media companies and advertisers have had for a long time than it is a privacy thing. Like media companies and advertisers don't want the intermediaries like being able to run off with their data, not saying that intermediaries necessarily did that across the board, but there were those that did. Um, but like what I mean by hand waviness is like people saying that those things, all those things are the answer but we won't really know until further out. I hope that where we get is a more like data protective world, which I distinguish from fully private, like where data is less sprayed all around. A more data protective world that also balances out the control that Google and Apple have in that world. So like the way I, the pithy way that I'll describe this is like, 
what if we made privacy sandbox a real sandbox where anyone with ideas for using privacy enhancing technologies to power like machine learning or outcomes could like deploy their idea and like in this more data protective sort of like layer of the internet um that would be a real sandbox in the sense that everyone could play as opposed to just like the browser deciding what those things are going to be um will we get there like is that my actual prediction it's more of a hope i think we'll land somewhere in between where like we do actually have now ads apis in the browser in the operating system that are used more and more advertisers and publishers seeing strategic reasons to do so but i think we're not going to see this like full implosion of like that a lot of people have predicted of like the industry as we know it will go away it won't we you and i know <laughs> the industry is massively resilient um definitely the smartest folks will stick around some some stuff will be wiped out but like it's a very resilient and scrappy industry so yeah yeah it definitely is definitely is um, thanks a lot, Alex, for your time. Yeah. This has been a really interesting. And I know those listening would love to probably find out more. And if they can, like, where do they go to find out more from you? From me? From you. Um, look, look for look for announcements from me. Is all I'll say. Like, I'm the thing that I'm working on will probably see a bit more of the light of the day, light of day, uh, kind of coming up after people complete their summer vacations. So, anyway, we'll leave. Awesome. <laughs> cool i look forward to that thanks again alex really appreciate it awesome thank you peace